Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Suzanne Blumson. Today, we're looking at why big banks are choosing Paris as a post-Brexit trading centre for continental Europe. Patrick Jenkins discusses which banks are in the vanguard and what this will mean for London with Stephen Morris. And we also hear from Christian Noyer, former governor of the Bank of France, about what France has done to win over the banks. So, Stephen, you and I broke a story about Paris emerging as the future trading hub for the EU27. Basically, banks and asset managers increasingly thinking about shifting resources to Paris to cope with life after Brexit. Who's leading the charge? Well, the new news here is really that two of the biggest financial institutions in the world, BlackRock, the biggest money manager with more than $6 trillion of assets under management, as well as JP Morgan Chase, one of the world's biggest investment banks, are increasingly looking at Paris as a place to create their trading hub. Now, this is slightly different to where they might have their EU base, their new headquarters. The majority of those have gone to Dublin or Frankfurt. So this is slightly different, but this is where their trading floor will be. This is where they do all their bond trading, their equity trading. And Bank of America really kicked this process off. Over the summer, they said that they were going to expand this new building in the centre of the city in a really swanky neighbourhood with room for up to a thousand staff. Now that's coming off the back of HSBC, picking the city as well. And now BlackRock are looking at increasing the size of their office sixfold. So that would be up to 300 people. Now, as you said, what you're talking about here is trading operations as opposed to the subsidiary structures that have to be put in place for legal and regulatory reasons. As you say, Frankfurt and Dublin won that battle. And Indian Bank of America, which you just mentioned as being at the front of this process in terms of setting up a trading floor in Paris, actually put their subsidiary in Dublin. What matters most? Is it where the subsidiary is placed or where the trading floor might be? Well, I mean, both matter to a certain extent, but really what matters most is where the people are and what people there are. You may have a lot of your risk management, your back office operations located in the subsidiary, but if you have a thousand traders in Paris, they bring with them taxable revenue, they bring their own personal wealth, they increase the prestige, and obviously there's always going to be some kind of consolidation effect. This is what Daniel Pinto, the head of JP Morgan's investment bank, says they're kind of looking and waiting to see where the next financial centre might emerge. And people internally at JP Morgan Chase, they're increasingly looking at Paris as this place. Now, obviously, Frankfurt is a nice city, but Paris is one of the world's great cities as well. And it holds more of an attraction. It might be easier for someone at Bank of America or BlackRock to persuade them to trade in London for Paris compared to Frankfurt or Dublin. If you go back a couple of years, despite the appeal of the city, I think it would have been hard to find many financiers in London who would have seriously considered switching to Paris. And that was because the country was seen as pretty hostile to business, actually. Certainly high tax, high obstacles to labour flexibility and so on. That's all changed under Emmanuel Macron's presidency. And I caught up the other day with Christian Noyer, who is the former governor of the Banque de France, who is now leading the charge in terms of this charm offensive to win business from the city of London for Paris. And here's what he had to say about what's changed and why he thinks Paris is emerging as the likely trading hub of the post-Brexit world. 
Incidentally, I was talking to him in a noisy cafe just opposite the Bank of England, so please excuse the sound quality. We scrapped the higher part of wage tax. We uh, created this opting out for retirement. And on the rest of Social Security, there is a cap on health insurance. So there have been several changes that reduce the cost yes. of that very significantly. Parliament voted a, a cut in the corporate tax, implemented in, in four years. What was excluded, like in London, I think, is the inclusion of bonuses in the layoff costs. So we included bonuses of traders or risk takers in general. So that reduces considerably the cost of adapting your staff. On top of those tax and labour reforms, Mr Noyer talked powerfully about how he had interacted with the Macron government to problem-solve. When I collect remarks uh, in the financial industry saying, oh, we have a, a problem there that we don't know how to solve, I go to the government and almost every time the minister says, OK, we've got to solve that, so find a solution. So what is the solution you propose? Well, he instructs the ministries to uh, work out something. And it comes from Macron himself. Yeah. He also went on to talk about how the basic structures in Paris were already in evidence before the latest reforms, that ecosystem that exists because of the large domestic French financial system. The pool of talents is there. Second, Paris has the whole ecosystem. That is, in Frankfurt, you just have banks. You have very little asset management, you have no insurance, you have no manufacturing headquarters. Then what really convinced, I think, is the pace of reform. But in the feeling that France is now the country that is moving, we fixed all the major hurdles they saw. But all the reforms implemented have been such that we now are far better in the case of labor market than many other countries. And altogether, this makes Paris into what he believes will be the trading hub of the future. I think, yes, in a way, Paris could become the big trading hub in continental Europe. But it does not mean that London will not remain the biggest financial centre. But then, as much as I see corporate books can be shared between three or four centres, the money market, the dealing of securities and derivatives... There you need to have one place with enough liquidity easily connected to London. That's why I think, yes, in a sense, Paris could become that. Therefore, that's a bit my vision. So clearly we're at the early stages, Stephen, of this whole process. As we said, Bank of America has been upfront about what it's planning for Paris. The other banks and asset managers that we identified are doing this very quietly and it'll in all likelihood, take many years for this whole process to get up any momentum. But what does it mean for the City of London if this pans out as we expect? Well, obviously, nothing's going to happen overnight. And the number of jobs we've seen moved from London or or hired elsewhere are actually fairly low so far. But over time, this will be negative for the city. Banks gravitate towards where the capital is. And if we're seeing some of the world's biggest money managers and investors like BlackRock turn Paris into their EU headquarters, their EU hub, it's going to be more advantageous for banks to be located near there. And it's going to be a general trend away that will bleed into other aspects of London society. It'll feed through into house prices, you know, the law firms, 
and even through into the nice restaurants that we've built up here over the last few years. So it is a bit of a blow that because of the state of the Brexit negotiations and the fact that the EU has played hardball with what can be and can't be located in Britain, which will be a third country after Brexit, it really does look like cities on the continent, such as Frankfurt and Paris, are going to be taking a lot of business and a lot of people away from London in the years to come. We will watch it very closely. Thank you, Stephen. That was Patrick Jenkins, the FT's financial editor, talking to Stephen Morris with clips from former Bank of France Governor Christian Noyer. Don't forget to look out for more banking stories in our Banking Weekly podcast, which comes out later today. We'll be back with more news tomorrow. In the meantime, if you're not already a subscriber and would like to discover more FT content, take a look at our latest subscription offers at ft.com slash offer. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.